Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Vets Beyond the Uniform, a weekly podcast that focuses on helping veterans successfully find and integrate into new careers after leaving the military service. Listen in as our hosts and guest experts share key insights on the successful programs helping veterans to enter and thrive in the civilian workforce. For more information after the program, please visit us at VetsBeyondTheUniform.com. Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to the Vets Beyond the Uniform podcast. I am Mally Mancia, and joining me today are the hosts, Paul Savalani and Dave Beadle from Vets Beyond the Uniform. On today's show, Paul and Dave will be talking with Mark Holman, the Vice President of Corporate and Social Responsibility at Resilience Building Leader Program. Welcome, everyone. Thanks, Mally. Thanks, Mally. Yeah. So, um, Mark, really appreciate you being on the show with us today. Um, Tell us a little bit about your story. You know, what's your what's your background, particularly uh, military affiliation, and and kind of how you got involved in this uh, RBLP organization. Yeah, well, thanks, Dave. Thanks, Paul and Mally. I appreciate the invite. I'm really, uh, really excited to be here with you all today. Uh, a little bit about myself. Uh, obviously, I, I come from uh, – I'm a retired Marine, uh, 28 years in the Marine Corps as a Master Gunnery Sergeant. Um, hoorah. Hoorah. And uh, spent, uh, spent several years, obviously, uh, in the Corps learning a great deal about leadership, about responsibility, all the things that all uh, soldiers, sailor, airmen, and Marines learn as we go through our careers, and in the, especially as you grow into the senior ranks of leadership in your military career, there's there's a lot more responsibility that grows and grows, and and it was just it, it was it was my life. I loved it, and uh, then came to an end. Uh, 2010, I retired, and from there. I transitioned in the civilian world, uh, going to work for a Fortune 200 company uh, as a project, a program, and an operations manager. Uh, and basically now uh, 10 years in the private sector, uh, understanding the transition of that and what goes through that. And then also, um, you know, obviously along the way, being able to go to college, get my degrees and do all of that along with uh, the other certifications and, and different courses that I've had the pleasure of attending and learning even more. So, I think the key is uh, is about leadership. Is about continuing to learn, continuing to grow, and realize that um, we're we're always a student and, and always growing and learning the next new thing. So that's just a little bit about me. Awesome. So, um, Mark, one of the things that we're focused on here at Vets Beyond the Uniform is really this idea of what happens to veterans after that transition. So you transitioned out in 2010. Um, mm-hmm. It sounds like you've had a, a really interesting career. You know, how did you just to briefly? How did you find that transition experience? Because we're trying to take this like one step beyond transition into this idea of transformation. So, how did you find your transition experience back in, in 2010? Well, it's a great question. Um, my transition experience was 
very interesting because as I transitioned, um, I, I learned that what I had been taught was effective. It's just the package that it has to be delivered in becomes slightly different. That's all. Um, leadership is leadership. Taking care of teams, building and developing resilient teams is, is what we learn from day one. We depend on each other. We operate and we move in teams. Uh, that happens in the civilian world, but it's just it's approached differently. And I think, um, you know, I had to I had to learn, uh, as we all do in that transition. Um, I had many, uh, many heartfelt conversations with HR uh, based upon, you know, uh, holding folks accountable and going and going, uh, let me make sure you're clear on what our process is. And I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, but I, I think we all go through that. And, and I was fortunate that I had a lot of folks around me and it was interesting because, uh, I think we all just kind of attract, uh, folks who are former military and I didn't have a lot, but I had quite a few who were very integral who had been uh, had been retired for a number of years and helped me in that transition as well. And I think that's the key is that veterans need to understand, trust me when I say this, you're not alone. Uh, there's always another veteran who has transitioned, whether they did four or five years, whether they did 20 plus years, uh, they're among you and they're always eager to help you and, uh, and get you going. So that, that was my experience. Yeah, Mark, this is Paul, and I can relate to that. Being a um, commanding nine when I retired from the Navy, that initial um, jump into the civilian world was kind of a, a different, uh, different type of uh, a life, right? Different communication, different mm -hmm. ecosystem. Uh, our communication styles typically did not fit into the civilian world very, very much. And I, like you, um, was speaking to HR a bit. Just saying, you know, well, I don't, I don't understand. It's a real simple communication. Do this, and you know, and I, I can feel your pain. I can feel your pain for what you experienced in that. I also hope you guys can feel my pain being the only Navy guy in this call. Okay, I just want to make sure that's that's called up right up front here. Um, but I do want to ask you a question because when you talk about resilience building leadership program, mm -hmm. you do this for the military and you do it, of course, for the civilian. Is this Correct. geared for uh, in the military, a certain type of pay grade? I mean, are you looking at E6 to 07 and for the civilian life? Are you looking for managers? How does this work and how do you bring this into corporations? And I understand you're also doing it today for the military through the cool system or cool program. So if you could tell us a little bit about that, that would be great. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Um, I, I would love to Yeah, the resilience building leader program. Uh, obviously this is focused on professional leadership certifications. And, and I say that as, as not just a matter of fact, but there, as we all know, uh, there's a lot of professional certifications out there. There are things in IT and in HR and in project management and program management, and those are about processes, and, and that's, that's key. That's very, very important. And then it comes to leadership, and we say, oh, well, I've led. I've led, and really when we think about what a certification is, it is an actual certification, a certificate of certification to prove and show of all the knowledge, experience that you have gained uh, along the years, and it sort of quantifies that in a certification demonstrating that you have a certain level of knowledge and application of said knowledge. Um, 
And this is a professional leadership certification. Now, for the COOL program and those who are on active duty in the reserve uh, who are eligible for the COOL and those who may or may not be familiar because we have learned that not everybody's heard of COOL, uh, that, that's credentialing opportunities online that is uh, available in all branches of the armed forces for those, like I said, on active duty or in the guard. And at the same time, this allows you an opportunity to uh, earn this certification and cool benefits that you have earned that are there for you will certainly fund your certification exam uh, and will some services the army will pay for the exam prep training but <clears throat> this is an opportunity for you to gain that certification now folks say oh well that that's great in the military but how does this apply to civilian world um, you will find that in every company, uh, every organization out there that I have learned along my travels, we all find there are certain challenges in every workplace, right? Uh, some of those problems are, you know, the workplace stress compounded by constant change. All companies are always evolving. They're, they're moving forward to maintain competitive advantage. They're going through organizational change. Uh, this is just a part of the civilian world in organizations uh, because they have to. And some of those things, uh, folks find that there's a lot of pressures on that. And then over time, you can start seeing evidence of that pressure that applies on employees. You see lack of commitment, low job satisfaction, increased absenteeism, uh, ineffective teamwork going on. And this, actually, the certification, as you walk through the different levels of certification, it's focused for frontline supervisors, our middle managers, and your senior leaders in organizations. So our frontline supervisors need to build collectively resilient teams. And that applies in the military as it applies in the civilian world. Our middle managers need to facilitate team learning. They need to make sure that team learning is occurring across all of the teams that their frontline supervisors lead. And senior leaders are always looking to support organizational learning, that that becomes a part of the culture, that we are all learning together, we're growing together, we're solving problems in collective resilience through teamwork and making the in-state goal happen. And, and this, this is applicable, I can tell you, for the military, because we can all, on this call right now, we know from day one, you're not going to survive by yourself. You have to work as a team. In the civilian world, some of that has to be taught. Some of that has to be led. And this is what uh, the certifications can do for both sets. Okay, that's awesome. So if somebody is, for, say, for example, a retired E9, they're mm -hmm. out of the service, they, I'm not sure they have access to COOL or not, how would they get access to your program? How would they participate? And then maybe funding, would they get, is there a funding process that you would suggest that they follow? Yeah, uh, I mean, those who, uh, and, and I'll, if I could go back to the previous question, all those on active duty are generally our certifications that are RBLP certification for frontline supervisors starts at rank of E4, uh, E4, E5, all the way up to E9 and obviously up to, you know, senior officers in, in the military. Uh, those folks who have transitioned, uh, there, there's a couple of methods. Uh, sometimes uh, folks go to work for companies, and I will tell you there are a lot of companies out there that uh, I learned. Uh, actually, I learned sort of the, the very odd hard way is that there's a lot of professional uh, companies that will pay for actual professional certifications. And it's really about inquiring with your HR department to see what are the benefits. Uh, they will fund those. Some folks who work for the, uh, the government, 
uh, for the county government, state, local, and federal. Uh, there's funding for professional certifications that they need to inquire about. And in, uh, currently right now, the, in Texas, uh, we have the Texas Workforce Commission, who has, uh, the commissioner there has set up a actual grant for businesses, small, medium-sized businesses, who want to have their frontline and middle managers uh, certified on the RBLP certification that's available for them down there, and, and that grant will actually fund that. So there's a lot of different mechanisms out there for folks. So Mark, Dave here. Um, full disclosure, first of all, I've, I've part of the RBLP uh, program. I'm certified uh, as one mm -hmm. of the instructors. But to me, one of the things that strikes me is that it's just how relevant this is right now. Can you talk a little bit about how relevant this certification and this process is for the times that we're in right now, given that we've got COVID and everything else going on? Yeah, a absolutely. You know, it's, it's interesting you bring that up, Dave, because actually um, – as you know, I've done coaching sessions myself. I'm an RBLPT as well. Um, and, and I will tell you, it, it's kind of interesting when you walk folks through the, the lessons and you have these leadership discussions, you ask about change. Have you encountered any change recently at work, right? One of the focus questions you ask. <laughs> and they go, are you kidding me? You know, it's 2020. It's, it's yeah. the 2020 dumpster fire we're all living through. Uh, COVID has changed the mindset and the business model we're all used to. And that has turned it upside down. And that means that some folks did very well through bearing through this change and having to adjust their business model. Some did not. And, and I think the key conversation that I have very often about that and how this applies uh, actually more today than probably ever is that collectively resilient teams will work through change. It's, it's been proven. The research shows it. Uh, we all three on this call have lived that. We haven't just hear about it. We've lived it. Um, and those folks have over and over said, this is spot on, right on time, and this is an amazing approach, especially with what we're dealing with and still continue to deal with. Yeah, absolutely. So give us a little background on how did this program come about? What did it originate from? Yeah, no, I appreciate the question. Uh, yeah, Dave, our, our founder, Dr. Gene Coglin. Uh, he's our CEO and founder. He created this company based on his research uh, that he did for his PhD dissertation. Uh, and the experience obviously coupled with his research and, of course, 20 years in the Marine Corps as a Marine gunner, uh, retired. And then for, you know, 15 plus years in the private sector, working for Fortune 200 companies in various positions. And in and, and taking all this together, here's what's interesting. His research, and he and I, we've known each other for 35 years, and it's interesting. We're having a conversation, and he says that when he went to do his research, there's a lot of things about individual resilience on, on file. You can research and look and, and dig into what the findings were. What he found is that that individual resilience research was done on children. Wasn't a lot done on adults. And then as he went forward – the first step or first location he could actually find any type of collective resilience research was after 9-11, and makes good sense why, but it wasn't until that period of time that people started digging into this concept of collective resilience and what that means to work together as a team and to work through adversity and change and, and benefit and grow from that adversity and change that you go through as a team. And so he knew at a crossroads uh, that really he had a decision to make. You know, he's getting his PhD, uh, and he could 
take this, what he believes in his very core and has lived and seen firsthand, and create an actual professional certification to demonstrate all of this knowledge or go get another job at another Fortune 200 company. And so he made the decision after discussing with his family, and he decided to create and start the Resilience Building Leader Program. Yeah, that's great. So how would you describe then the mission of this, this organization? I know mission and, and, and values is certainly vision and vision is one of the things that we talk about when we're coaching folks for this. But how does that, how does that uh, translate to what RBLP's mission is? Well, I, I mean, in, in short, Dave, our, our, our purpose at RBLP is to share this idea with leaders everywhere. Okay. Uh, we actually envision a worldwide community of practice made up of the frontline supervisors, middle managers, senior leaders that are committed to the value proposition for building resilient teams. And, and that's where our core focus is. Um, and some of those core values we use in our organization are, is, you know, we, we take care of our employees first and, and foremost. We take care of our customers always, right? So you always want to do that and then take care of the community along the way. Uh, we do that as well. And one of our fourth values at RBLP is learn every day. We are a learning organization, and we learn to grow and find better and more effective ways uh, to, to build the company uh, along with help others and build more effective uh, leaders. So one of the things that, that's really important for us here, obviously, at Vets Beyond the Uniform, is, is supporting veterans. Mm-hmm. And can you tell us you know, how, how have veterans been – uh, a part of the growth of RBLP since its inception. Well, yeah, I mean that, that's that's a really good point. Uh, RBLP, we we support veterans obviously with a professional leadership certification that they can list on their resume and discuss with hiring managers you know, regarding their leadership approach uh, to ease their transition in the civilian world. I, I think it helps a great deal. Um, the, the veterans, we, we have obviously folks on our staff uh, as instructors who are veterans, as, as Dave mentioned. He's, he's one of our instructors. He's uh, been with us for, for quite a while uh, and does a phenomenal job uh, working with folks based on his experience, his background in leadership skills. And we have quite a few folks. We have folks who are civilians, never served a day in the military. And they understand the importance of what veterans uh, can take away from this. My, my thing was every time I have a conversation with a veteran is, you know, uh, and Paul, I think you, you can identify with this is that, you know, when you, when you go in to interview with a civilian company, one of the things that you sit down with, you know, it might see a recruiter and then there's an HR person who maybe does a pre-interview, but ultimately that, that list is made into a short list and it's given to a hiring manager. And that hiring manager is, I mean, there's a position they're going to interview. They need you know, another individual on their team to run a, have a skill set. And what's funny is, is that if you're a veteran, you transition and you want to talk about, well, how do you lead teams and how do you facilitate team learning? And he says, well, I got to analyze the learning of my team first. Well, how do you do that? Well, what we do is we do a hot wash, you know, anything happens, we do this. And then of course we get back to the rear and we discuss it as a team and then we get an AAR and then we work with that. And the HR person is doing what I ran into quite often in many interviews I went to in transition. They smile, they nod politely, and they say, thank you for your service. We really appreciate it. Uh, And then they go, we'll give you a call. And then what's funny is they don't understand what an AAR is. They don't know what a hot wash is. They're, They're totally confused. But if I can walk in and have a conversation about how do I analyze team learning, and I talk about an experiential learning model. 
And, and I talk about we move into reflective observation. Once we do that, uh, we move through the cycle of experiential learning, and then we want to make sure that we make a decision on any changes that have been suggested and it's approved by the boss. We move out and we go to active experimentation. We move through this cycle constantly until we find the right fit and solution. See, an HR person understands that. Um, they don't know what a hot wash is or an AAR, and, and you're, you know, and I'm the guy talking who was talking about AARs and, and all of that. <laughs> so, so I can tell you going through the certification and taking the leadership and getting the terms of academia that help you frame this actually is, is really, it can make a huge difference when sitting in front of an employer doing an interview, talking with an HR individual or hiring manager themselves. Yeah, Mark, that scenario that you just created is is also one of the reasons we created Vets BTU. It's that transformation mm-hmm. process, right? It's it's not just transition, it's transformation, which is what you all do through RBLP is that transformation to to get those skills kind of honed and, and that they can work with it. I think that's a, a very good thing. We're running out almost out of the end of time, but I did want to ask you a question real quick is mm-hmm. how can somebody apply to become an instructor with your organization? Well, uh, it's a great question, Paul. First thing is folks need to apply uh, for, to earn their certification, okay, uh, because there, there is a vetting process. But the first thing, you have to be certified, and the certification level you have to achieve is called the RBLP Leadership Professional Trainer. As I mentioned, there's three levels. One's, one's the RBLP, one's the coach, and one's the trainer. And then once you complete that and you pass your exam, uh, then we can have, you know, of course, we're going to be observing and working with you through your sessions. And then there'll be an interview uh, with those individuals uh, who've expressed interest. And then uh, we will make a decision uh, regarding that. Super. Thank you. So um, just one, one other thing, too, that I wanted to kind of touch base on here, because Part of your title there, Mark, is uh, social responsibility. So tell us mm-hmm. a little bit about what RBLP does in, in uh, terms of giving back. Yeah, no, that, that, that's a great question. Thanks for that. I appreciate it, Dave. Uh, yeah, my, my title is I am the vice president of corporate social responsibility, and I, and I get asked all the time, what is that? Uh, we, we Remember when I said early on, one of the values is to take care of our community along the way. One of the things that Dr. Gene and I discussed very early on uh, as the company was standing up, is that it's about giving back. We actually at RBLP have a giving back program uh, starting off in, in, in the year. Uh, we decided, and he basically, as the boss slapped the table, uh, committed $100,000 worth of exam prep training and certification exams for select nonprofits in the United States. And to date, uh, we, we have done well over $92,000 in helping nonprofits. And now we focus on select nonprofits in the United States because anybody on this podcast listening who's worked at or volunteered at a nonprofit, folks at nonprofits don't do nonprofit work to become millionaires. Okay. They have a big heart. They want to give back. They want to take care of others. They want to pay it forward. I've been a volunteer at uh, a couple of different uh, nonprofits that I've worked for over the years uh, on active duty and after I transitioned. And I will tell you that the budget they have for professional leadership development or professional development for their staff is, is really nil because all the money they get through either grants they write up for or donations they get goes right back into the nonprofit to help those for which they were created. So at RBLP, 
we want to offer that to select nonprofits we partner with. And we take their folks through. We assign them an instructor. They get an exam, and they're able to add this to their resume as a certified, a, a professional, uh, whether it be a resilience building leadership professional coach, trainer, and and this is for them. And this is us giving back to the community in a way that we can help uh, for what we do out there. And we've really had a lot of feedback from folks, and they, they've really enjoyed it, and they've appreciated it, and we love doing it. We love doing it. That's outstanding. Uh, and I personally would understanding or working with these organizations out there, you're right. They don't have a lot of money. What comes in goes right out. And when you can support them, I think that's fantastic. Uh, Mark, it has been a distinct pleasure to have you on our show today. It really has. Um, and if there's anything we can do at Bets BTU to help your organization continue to grow and share the word of all the great work that you guys are doing, please let us know. Um, just thank you for attending and joining our show today. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Go ahead. No, perfect. I just wanted to thank <laughs> you too, Mark, for being our guest on the show um, and to our hosts, Paul and Dave, for another wonderful show um, you've shared with all of our listeners today. And all the links and content, contact information pertaining to today's show will be posted in the show des- descriptions for viewers or listeners to obtain. As well, please feel free to check out our website at vetsbeyondtheuniform.com or you can, if you have any questions, we can be reached at training at vetsbeyondtheuniform.com. Again, to all of our listeners, thank you for tuning in and have a wonderful day. Thank you, everybody. Thank you all. I appreciate the invite so much. You're more than welcome. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.